0: The Advancing Women in Sport Podcast. Hi, I'm your host Michelle Redfern. In this first season, not just a statistic, I'm bringing you the stories of women in sport from career start to the boardroom. Every episode is with an amazing woman from a range of different sports and a range of different positions in sport. And every episode is going to give you some actionable insights as a sports fan, as a member, as an administrator, as a leader to take action on how to close the leadership gender gap in sport. I hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Hi Michelle, how are you today? Very well, thank you. Great to see you. Always good to see
0: you. I like having these chats. As I say, the first episode it was a bit discombobulating being on this side of the interview panel, but it's quite nice. You're very good at this. Who would have thought, you know, a seasoned journalist would be good at interviewing?
1: Oh, I've done a little bit in my day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs>
1: But look, I'm getting really excited. I'm sure you are too. The Advancing Women in Sport podcast is not far away and we've had some amazing chats about your research and the data that you've collected and how you're going to use that and how you have been using it. And this latest project of yours is a combination of interviews with women in sport, in the boardroom, on the field, coaching, et cetera. So I want to hear a little bit more from you about what your research has taught you about women in the sporting sector.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Karen. It's, gee, it's taught me a lot. To the, you know, the backstory, if you haven't tuned in before now is that I started doing this work in sport and figured that, you know, my own experience was a sample size of one. So in, in no one's words world was that a stat that was ever going to stand up to scrutiny. So thought I better go out and check if my experiences were, were shared by other women. And unsurprisingly, my experiences often being the only woman, particularly on boards, feeling like an other. Um, not quite feeling like I belong, sort of having to jostle and, and hustle for my position in, in the sporting world. Those were feelings and sentiments shared by other women. And for, for some women, are uh, quite amplified. But what was really interesting in, in all of this was that women are so absolutely hooked into sport, dedicated to sport, see it as a vocation, see it as their way of making a difference in the world. But they're frustrated, Karen, they're frustrated that there's a lot of talk and no action. But when I say discovery, it was it was a discovery in terms of how big that sentiment was or how large that sentiment was across the world of, of women. So I had the good fortune to have 300 women respond to me and talk to me about their experience very early on. And, you know, they are they're passionate about sport. They want to stay in sport. They want to do well. They are ambitious. They don't want to stay doing entry-level and mid-level jobs. They want to get in. They want to be a part of changing the system. So that's pretty much it. I've kind of got a little bit off track, but that's, you know, that, that's a big thing. But, you know, themes that, that we hear is, you know, how, do, how can we navigate or help women navigate sporting environments, you know, whether it's clubs, whether it's industry, whether it's media, whether it's a, as an athlete how can we help navigate some of those barriers, which frankly might be invisible to a lot of people. Yeah, we hear a lot about, you know, we've got to create female facilities and we've got to have X, Y, Z amount of you know, women on boards, but there are some invisible barriers, which we still need to help women navigate, but more importantly, help sporting administrators recognize and deal with.
1: Do you think that business and organisations, sporting organisations are lacking the ability to attract women? And what's that costing them?
0: The short answer is yes and as as, as we record this episode, of course, we've got a whole bucket load of discussion about the great resignation, whether it's the great resignation, the great reset, the great whatever. And for those of us in Australia, we know that we're starting to see the signs of the most employee movement that we've seen for a long time, probably since pre-GFC, dating myself now, but and we know that once the Australian sort of holiday season is over, February, March is when we're looking to see lots and lots of employee movement. Now, how does that affect sport or organisations? Well, right now it's an employee market. There are more jobs than there are people. Right now we know that there's significant pressure or influence on organisations to employ and to engage and to advance more women, because we know it's good for business, we know it's good for sport. So we've got a real supply and demand issue right now. We've got a demand for more women, more talented women, and we've got a, a shorter supply. And where that's going to impact sport is that... When women are considering, how can I reach my full potential, my economic, my social, my political potential, and of course, my career potential, is this organization going to be the one that takes me there? And if I haven't had a great experience to date you know what, probably not. And I'm I'm going to vote with my feet in a very buoyant market. So there's a lot less risk for women right now in terms of mobility, career mobility, and there's a lot more risk for organisations that include sports organisations unless they start getting it right for women.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, what about these sporting organisations and how can we tell if they're fit for purpose for women?
0: That is a great question. Well, I've got to say, women are pretty good at doing research. Now, there's a thing called the whisper network in pretty much every organization and every industry. There will, there are women who talk to each other and I'm I'm one of them and they will do their due diligence on an organisation with their network. So, and believe me, the Women in Sport Network, particularly in Australia, is very, very strong, very connected and very good at calling out and calling in what's a great workplace and what's not. So number one, women, activate your whisper network, go and do your due diligence. But there are things that you can look at. So where do women sit in the organisation? Is the board gender balanced? Is the executive gender balanced? Where are women, where are they domiciled? in that organisation? Are they in coaching roles? Are they in frontline sales roles? Do they have profit and loss responsibility or not? Using inverted commas right now, but are they in the traditional women's roles, HR, communications, marketing? Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but are those those roles also represented on the executive and on the board? So for women, start looking at where do the women sit in the organisation? Is there a gender pay gap? And what has the organisation done about it? And it is quite okay to ask this at interview. Look, there's there, there are a bunch of different ways of of uh, undertaking your due diligence, but, you know, I think there's enough scrutiny on organisations and, and for women in Australia who are joining larger organisations, and when I say larger, with more than 100 employees, you can look at the Workplace Gender Equality website. And get a report on any organisation. And it's publicly available information, and that will tell you a whole bunch of detail about where the women are in the organisation, how many are in leadership, what gender pay gap there is, what's been done about it, what are the parental leave, what is flexible leave, flexible work policies. So there's lots of ways to do due diligence. And on the flip side, Karen, These are the things that I want organisations to pay attention to. Though there are, you know, there's quite literally, in fact, I have an audit that I ask organisations to do to highlight where they've got uh, opportunity. They need to start auditing. Is my workplace a great place for women? And if not, why not?
1: Women themselves have to ask them those questions of their organisations, don't they? 100%, 100%.
0: And as I said, there's right now, I don't think there's been a better time for a woman who wants to advance her career reach her full potential and that's whatever she defines as her full potential and start asking questions. What are my career goals? What do I want to do? And it might be in the next you know, 12 months or two years. I'm not talking about a a life goal, but what do I want to achieve in the next couple of years? How much do I want to earn? What position do I want to ascend to? Do I want leadership responsibility? Do I want to learn some new skills? And can this organization take me there? And what do we need to do together? And those are are great conversations to initiate.
1: What about sports leaders? What can they do if they're listening now? What can they do to actually make their businesses and organisations more women representative?
0: They need to understand the current state. So they need to confront their own brutal truths. And, you know, there are a range of different ways to do that. As I said, I've got a number of, you know, tools and, and techniques. I think one of the most effective things that, that I've developed is an interview guide or a conversation guide for, for senior leaders to have with women in their organization. And so I'll put it in the show notes. It's called the five by five, but I ask my clients, CEOs and executives, their very first job when I come on board with them is to go out and have a conversation. In fact, I want them to go on a listening tour and they go need to go and listen to at least five women's experiences. i give them, a, a, as I said, a conversation guide, some pointed questions questions. questions to ask those women and they need to sit and listen to what the lived experience is of women and then we come back and reflect on that and say what do we learn what do we think and feel about that And then now what do we do about it so they need to start listening and listening
1: hard. The, the, the women need to keep whispering and the men need to keep listening. I think, oh, I like that one. That's very snappy. <laughs> That'll make a very good soundbite. Excellent. So we are getting very close to launching the podcast. You've, you've already revealed that Lisa Alexander is the very special first podcast interviewee. Tell me if there's somebody else you can reveal at this point.
0: Okay. I'm going to do two other reveals It's so hard because it's like trying to choose your favorite child. I'm going, oh. Two other special reveals that I I feel very, very strongly about. So I've got the terrific Shelley Ware and Shelley, her conversations are so insightful. So she brings the experience of an Aboriginal woman in the sports media to, to our conversation. And I very much appreciate her wisdom that she shares with me. And the other, Dr. Kate O'Halloran. Kate is an award winning journalist now with ABC Sport. And Kate is a former elite athlete, elite cricketer. She's been in the sports media for a long, long time. She's a huge academic background in gender. And Kate brings some very interesting insights. Wow, I could just go on. But anyway, there's a lot.
1: <laughs> oh, well, don't, because we need people to just be getting very excited like we are. There's hours and hours of great interviewing there coming up, and the Advancing Women in Sport podcast is going to be terrific. And, and you know, I applaud you for the work you've done and the effort and time you've put into preparing everybody to get ready for this launch.
0: Thanks, Karen. And as a keep saying, I want this to be really entertaining to build awareness, but also to give people the tools to take action because together we can close the leadership gender gap in sport.
1: Yes, ever so slowly, but it is happening. It will. Well done again, Michelle, and I look forward to hearing the first episode.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Karen. The Advancing Women in Sport podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wata Warundri Wurundjeri and Boon Wurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and the hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples across this nation. We also pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope that you can gain a lot of insights and importantly, take action wherever you may work in sport. Please, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating. It really helps to spread the word. And of course, please do share this episode with your friends, with your colleagues and with your network of people in sport, because together we can close the leadership gender gap.